You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons. Visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Amen. I am grateful this morning that God is love with us. And I'm grateful each of you is here. It is really good to be gathered with you folks in person this morning with all our friends on Zoom. Um, for those of us in person, oh my goodness, what a lovely, cool morning, huh? We are just uh, enjoying this breeze, this cloudiness and natural shade. Uh, it is just so good. And I hope you guys at home who are in your PJs and coffee, you are enjoying that too. Some of us miss that part, we have to admit it. Um, uh, we are at City Church of Long Beach, where we are a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things, uh, and it's good to be here together. For those of us who are here in person, just a reminder, we are a mask-friendly community. Anybody is welcome to wear a mask, and if you are unvaccinated two years and over, we do ask you to wear a mask. Uh, our host also asks that you wear a mask if you need to go inside and use the bathroom. Uh, so just a, a couple just housekeeping things to make sure everybody is aware of. Um, we are excited uh, as we are finishing up this series this morning that we've been calling Come to the Table. Uh, it's been sort of a, a recap of what our kids did this summer uh, in kids camp and these wonderful stories of how Jesus invites and welcomes us in uh, to the table of grace. So as we start this morning, uh, we want to invite our kids to reflect with us. And parents, if you have kids at home and they want to answer and put their answers in the chat, that would be awesome. Uh, I'm going to give some of our, our kids here who are in person a chance. I would love to hear from at least one person a story about how you have felt loved before, maybe by a parent a grandparent, a tia or a tio, um, what did they do? What do people in your life, when, when you think of a memory where you have just felt so, so loved, what were the people in your life doing? Anybody have a story of feeling really loved and what was happening there? Anyone? Mm. Say, my children should be afraid because if I don't have hands in the air, I might have to ask one of them. Just a just a thing, yeah. One one oh yep, I do see one of my kids. She wants to volunteer. Okay, Beck, tell us about a time when you felt loved. So yes, this was a great story of love. So a, a time when her family went on a hike and she had forgotten some key things like a hat and a bottle of water. I don't know what was up with her parents that they didn't notice that these key items had been missed. Um, but other people in the family helped take care of her and helped you know, share the hat and share the water so that she could complete the hike with the family. Oh, those parents, what a mistake. Rookie mistake, rookie mistake. <laughs> There are times in our lives where people come around us and we feel love in just extra special ways. And so we're gonna be thinking a little bit about this that this morning. I'm gonna invite our my co-pastor Bill White to come up and take over. He is loving on some people out front. So he's like, he doesn't even know he's supposed to be coming and speaking, I think, but Lewis is gonna clue him in. <laughs> so yeah, welcome Bill up here. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was meeting people. It was so fun. I'd always rather like talk to humans. 
so good. What am I doing? What, what, where, where are we? Oh, this, is, this is where I give like a brilliant introduction to the message. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I remember that, of course. And notes here or something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so we're in this uh, sermon series, as she mentioned. And so this is, we're going to read a long passage about this guy, Simon Peter. And uh, he goes by Simon sometimes. Sometimes he goes by Peter. Sometimes he goes by Simon Peter. Simon literally means read, which is something that sort of blows in the wind. And Peter means rock, something that's nice and solid. And as you track Simon Peter through the Bible, uh, sometimes he's Simon and he's like, and sometimes he's Peter's like, yeah. And sometimes he's Simon Peter. He's like, Ooh, yeah. You just kind of, and in this passage, he's kind of Simon Peter. And it's kind of fun, right? That you, I mean, the, the people who are writing the Bible, um, they, they give you some hints, right? Um, of like how to be thinking and, and reacting to uh, the story. And so that's part of what's going on. And, and one of the issues here is that, that this guy, Simon Peter, he's just blown it super bad, right? He's just denied Jesus three times, said, I don't know the guy. I don't, you know, at Jesus's deepest point of need, uh, Simon Peter's totally betrayed him and given up on him. And, and now, now, now Jesus is restoring Simon Peter and reminding him of what's most important. So our friend Anna Martinez is going to come up. She's going to read scripture for us. If you'd welcome Anna. She's in the back with me, talking to new people. You know, that's what we do. So, and uh, oh, and around City Church, we stand in honor of God and God's word. So you don't have to do that if you're uh, at home, because that'd be kind of weird, but you can. Uh, so come on up. And I think that mic is live. So you can read right there. John 21, um, chapters 1 through 17. After Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some with bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat 
and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of you disciples dared ask him. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. Do you, you know that I love you, Jesus said. Feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, son, Simon, son of God, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Anna, that was awesome. That was so fun. You should read scripture every week. Oh my gosh, it was so great. Um, we love to pray over our kiddos. And so if you are a kiddo, we're going to release you if you want uh, in just a minute back to the back little corner. Wendy Cantrell, if you'd come on up, Wendy's going to pray over our kiddos. Uh, kids, you don't have to go back there, but there will be some story times in the back and some crafts uh, if you would like. And Wendy is going to pray over our kids now. Um, so have at it. Good morning. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the children that you have blessed us with in, the, in this congregation. We thank you for those who are at home. We thank you for the children in the neighborhood of Lafayette Elementary School. And we ask that you bless them today, that you show them love through, that they, we know you always love them, but that they would see your love through those around them. We pray now that, um, they would be drawn closer to you during this time of service. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 So kids, if you want, uh, you can make your way back. Uh, parents, you can go with them if you'd like. And just, just to remind everyone, um, we think it's normal to have kids in service. We love to have kids in service. Um, and kids sometimes get a little chatty and sometimes wander around and actually think that's normal and healthy. They do it online. Um, they do it in person. And we just think that's great. So great. I think I said everything I was supposed to say. Good. Uh, <laughs> so as we come to this passage, we're not going to be able to unpack everything that needs to be unpacked in this passage. It's a super fun passage. And there are so many things that could be said about it. We're going to focus on the back end where Jesus is having this conversation with Simon Peter saying, do you love me? Three times over, do you love me? It's a really important conversation. It's a conversation that we in the church often miss. We often focus on other things in the church. 
instead of asking the question, do you love? We'd rather do a lot of other things instead of loving. We'd rather get things right. We'd rather be in control. We'd rather have power. Jesus, this is actually after his resurrection, and he shows up, and there's really just one thing he's interested in asking about. Do you love? Do you love me, and eventually are you going to love others? That's actually all he's going to ask about. actually all that really matters to him. And as a church, so City Church of Long Beach, we've developed a little bit of a reputation. We do some deconstruction around here, and rightfully so. There are plenty of things to deconstruct, dismantle, rethink about Christianity because, you know, there's some weird things that Christians have done, that Christians think, that have sort of accumulated over the centuries about Christianity. And sometimes I think we as a church, we get kind of all into our deconstruction. And I think Jesus is here today. And I don't think Jesus cares that much about our deconstruction. I think Jesus is here asking us, do you love I think that's what Jesus is really interested in. I don't think it's just the question Jesus is asking, the churches over there, you know, those churches. No, I think Jesus is here asking us, do you love? Do you love me? Do you love others? I had, a, I had a chance this week, I had a, I had a fun conversation uh, with a neighbor. Uh, she texted me uh, a couple of weeks ago. She's kind of on her spiritual journey. I've known her off and on over the last, I don't know, six, eight years. Uh, she wouldn't have identified as a Christian at all on, on her journey. But a couple of weeks, she, she reached out to me. She said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested in this Christianity thing this Jesus thing. I feel like, you know, God's kind of on my mind and um, I'm kind of interested in the Bible. Can we talk? I said, sure, let's talk. And so uh, we, we've gotten together a couple of times and it's been five, maybe six decades since she's read the Bible. It's been a little while. And so she said, I, I need to study Bible. And I said, yeah, sure. Yeah. We, we can talk about the right study Bible. I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm like, I don't know what study Bibles are out there. I have no idea what to tell this woman. Uh, but we get together and we talk. We get together a couple times. So this week she's like, she's, she's, you know, I, of course I avoid the question. Um, yeah, that's what pastors do. They try to avoid the real question. So this week she pins me down. She's like, I want to, you know, you have to tell me what Bible, what study Bible. And I'm like, okay, 
I'll, I'll give you some suggestions, but we need to have a conversation about the Bible. We're going to talk honestly about the Bible. And this is just what came out of me. I'm just going to tell I'm not sure if there's anything good in it. I'm not going to claim it for myself. I'm going to claim it from the, the Holy Spirit. But we had this conversation. And I just said, look, friend, I'm a little bit concerned about you reading the Bible. <laughs> Christians have done really weird things with the Bible for a long time. And, and there's this emphasis that, that we, we have when it comes to the Bible and your emphasis on particularly on wanting a study Bible. I said, let's be honest, you're white. I'm white. I'm really white. Like I'm so white, they call me white, right? You know, like you're white, I'm white. And white people, we love knowledge. Like we invented the enlightenment. Like this is our culture. We love knowledge. And there's a gift in that. Let's, let's acknowledge you and me, our personal history and, and culture around knowledge. Like there's some gift in knowledge. But our people, you and me, we've done some weird things with knowledge. We, we kind of elevate knowledge. And then we use it to control other people and to think we're great and use it for power and all kinds of other stuff, particularly when it comes to religion. I said, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think that's kind of weird. And so I'm a little bit wary of this whole study Bible thing. And I, I turned with her. I, I got my little Bible that I have right here. I, I turned to this passage and I said, look, there's this, there, I stuck it in front of her. And I said, look, there's this, there's this verse in Corinthians. It says, knowledge puffs up while love builds up. I mean, I didn't even know what we were preaching on this one. I said, I'll recommend a study Bible, but you have to promise me that you'll love. That you'll, as you read, that you'll say, God, I want, I actually want to love you. And then you'll take that knowledge and you'll use it to love other people and you won't use it against them. And that's actually what her heart was. I mean, she's a really gracious, generous soul. And she was never trying to. Yeah, she didn't have some program of like world dominance like I would have, um, like I did have when I became a Christian. Um, she, she's a far more gracious soul. But that's Jesus's question. Will you love? Will you not use your knowledge for power, but to love better? <laughs> oh, so good. I love that story. Um, I love that these are the real conversations happening among us. You know, this morning as we go through this story, what it actually reminds me of is an ancient practice of prayer and engaging the Bible that, that is actually very different than the study Bible approach, and it's called Lectio Divina. Some of you may have heard of it before. Some of you may have experienced it before, but it's this practice where instead of saying, well, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to do, not that I need notes or anything. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I'm going to figure it out, right? Like I'm going to come to the Bible and I'm going to do the work 
and I'm going to figure out what God would have for me. And Lectio instead is of being that sort of like very active, I do the work kind of process is this, this, um, instead this approach that says, maybe I can just receive, maybe God has a word for me. Maybe God wants to work in my heart in a way that actually goes beyond just head knowledge. And one of the things that you do with Lectio is that you, you listen over and over again. In fact, standard practice is three times, three times that you might listen to the same short passage, or in this case, the same question. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And every time you make it through this round of Lectio, the spirit might've whispered something just a little bit different just a slightly different focus. And so this morning, we're gonna engage the question, do you love me three different times from three different perspectives? When I hear that question, do you love me? Well, the first time Jesus asks it, there's, there's kind of an additional little phrase tagged on, do you love me more than these? They're sitting over a meal. They've just wrapped it up. And so you can imagine that as Jesus is saying it, it's sort of this broad sweep of the table, all the food, the fish that they've just caught. Because that word these is actually, it's a neutral uh, in the original Greek. So he's not talking about, do you love me more than all the people around this table? No, it's, it's the stuff as they're sitting there eating. Do you love me more than this feast? we've just enjoyed together than the fish that we've just caught. Do you love me more than these? So Simon Peter, he's just been through an incredibly difficult season, right? He's, he thought he was sort of on this like upward trajectory following this incredible young teacher and the young teacher has been crucified, has been killed in just a, a brutal and a violent way. Uh, he himself has felt complicit. He's felt the guilt of having abandoned that teacher. And now all of this sort of um, history, this future that he's imagined for himself, it's just collapsed around him. And, and so we find him in this story, having gone from being the disciple of the promising young teacher to going back to his, his old way of life, going back to being a fisherman. And so as I think about what the fish represented to Simon Peter, it seems like, yeah, there's this sense of going back to what was known, going back to what was comfortable, maybe going back to a sense of security, right? The fish is like, this is how I know how to cope with the world. And now Jesus is sitting there with him again and saying, but do you love me more than that? Do you love me more than your old way of life? Do you love me more than the way of life that made you comfortable? Do you love me more than the way of life where you could work really hard and feel like, yeah, maybe I can be secure? As the passage continues just a little bit farther than Anna read so beautifully for us this morning, Jesus is actually going to say, because Peter, I have to tell you the future that I envision for you it's actually not a secure future. It's a future of suffering. 
It's a future of service. It's a future of eventually death. Do you love me more than that? More than your own comfort? For me this week, as I let those words sink in for me, um, I, I just have to acknowledge to myself, honestly, that this has felt like a more insecure week. Again, it has felt like a week where anxiety, which is sort of an old friend in my life. I, I live with anxiety. It's just, it's just part of who I am. Um, but it's kicked up this week as numbers have risen around COVID. And, and in some of my conversations with some of you, I, I know I'm not alone in that. Uh, there, there are others probably here this morning who have started to have, you know, more tense muscles again, have had some trouble sleeping at times, um, more questions again. And I sense Jesus saying, do you love me more than your ability to predict the future by once again Googling Los Angeles COVID. It hasn't helped me yet. I keep going to it like a magic eight ball. And I sense Jesus saying, but do you love me more than that? Do you love me even if the future is uncertain again? And by the way, it always was. Do you trust me? And it's a real question in my life. And for many of us, maybe it's not around COVID. Maybe it's around your job. Maybe it's around your family, your friends, your health. And Jesus says, do you love me? Do you know that I love you? Whatever the situations are that you're in, do you know that I care? And so I find myself going back to my early pandemic prayer the prayer that I would say every night with my kids is it just felt like in so many ways the world was falling apart. And it was a really simple prayer. And yet I meant it so deeply from my heart, just, just saying, God, we need you. I mean, honestly, in my head, I'm saying, show up. We need you. God, we love you. Anxiety may be rising, but man, I do believe you love me. I do believe you love your world. Love. We'll, we'll just share. It's fine. Um, I'd like to invite up uh, our friend Louis Thaxton. Uh, come share a little bit of his story. Louis Thaxton is one of our elders. Yeah, you can, you can clap for that guy. Neighbor, friend, fearless leader. Hi, Louis. Hi. Can you hear him? Yeah. All right. Uh, Lewis Thaxton here. Why don't you, uh, why don't you come on this side? Here, let's move around. Let's dance. So these people over here can see. Oh, but I can. Can you see that camera too, though? You want to make sure you can see that camera so the people on Zoom can see. Because you're like good-looking guy. I want to make sure everybody sees you. Um, so tell us this. You want to sit down? Can Can you see him though? Can we? Uh, 
All right, all right. Um, so tell us this. How long have you been around City Church, Lewis? We figured around seven years. Seven years. We've been right up close to a mouth. I can't tell it off. I can hear you, but I, it didn't sound like you kind of Right, right. I'm kissing the thing. <laughs> All right, there you go. Yeah, you're going right, right up. You're just touching. There you go. So you've been here seven years. Yeah. Seven years. All right. So that's a long time. And you're an elder here. Yeah. So that means like you're my boss. Yeah, they tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> so I should be scared right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So this whole thing about like loving God, like do you? Do you love God? Do you feel like God loves you? Like, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I love God because God loves me. And, um, you asked me about that earlier. How could I prove it? And I, I. Yeah, can you prove that? Tell it. Come on. I can't. Like, prove to the people that God loves you. I can prove it, but the proof won't mean anything to anybody else except God and me because it's in our language, whatever. And so it's like, for me, it's because whenever I look for God or I ask, God or talk to God, he always responds. He doesn't always respond the way I want him to respond or the way I expect him to respond, but he does, you know, and from the point that I realized that that was happening, we had this relationship, you know, and I'm not the only person like that because I have a, I have a, a writing class and um, Annie, Polly's in that class and there was something she wrote this week and, and I realized, oh, God talks to you the same way he talks to me and we were like, yeah, <laughs> we're not the only crazy people. <laughs> There are other ones. I see Annie smiling. I see you, Annie. Um, and do you love God? Yeah, yeah, I try. And and a lot of times I don't feel like I'm getting it right. And then he shows up and tells me, uh, if I'm really messing up, he'll tell me I'm messing up. And if I'm not, he'll say, you're doing okay. Don't give up, you know. And, <laughs> what does loving God look like? What does it feel like? What does it taste like? I don't know. It feels like being here as part of part of this part of this church family. You know, I um, like I can't believe it's been seven years. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> uh -huh. All right. Do you have certain practices that help you love God, or that? Yeah, I um, I have a morning devotional that, that I've been doing for quite a long time, and it's a uh, uh, I have this this calendar that has names and different name for god for every day of the year and um and so i look at it and it it, it has the, the people who wrote it or, or created it um they have their explanation of what the scripture means and i look at it and then i try to paraphrase it myself then i look up the scripture and and i try and, and see how it matches up you know, the name today is uh, he's the He's our refiner and purifier, okay, from Malachi 3 3. Okay, and so that's my that's the beginning conversation I have with God. So I've I've looked at it and I've seen that. And so I'm reminded just in that that okay, I've been talking to God. So um, no matter how good or bad I feel, I know that I can be thankful because I'm not alone. God's with me. And then so the next thing, so I can thank you, and then I do diligence, I do what the most important thing is after that my, my day is sorted that way and i re, and i and then i remember if i hit a road bump a steep bump in during the day what was that what, what were we talking about this morning lord and so i so i can be reminded of that you know i cannot tell you how many times i've had a phone call with lewis thaxton i don't text with lewis thaxton you know why because lewis thaxton does not have a cell phone 
which is a little bit, I won't say the word that, but what it is, but it's dinosaur it, days. It's, it's an invitation to a new spiritual practice of patience for me. And so I call Lewis Thaxton. And so when I call Lewis Thaxton, many times he shares with me the things that he's been doing in his morning devotions and about how God has been speaking with him and about the name that he's heard from God this morning. And I'm like, wow. And he actually thinks about this stuff during the day. It's, it's really, it's quite winsome. So um, do you pray during the day also or just in the morning? It's, uh, it's an ongoing conversation. That's what it is. You start out the day. You, and if I, then I, I'm, I've started it. And so that's when I say, okay, thank you. And then it's due diligent and I'm doing it. And so I'm talking with him all the time and he's talking to me all the time. And also, so yeah, I'm in that case. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, there, there's, there's no accusations here. We're just, we're just curious, trying to learn from our elder. Of, of what that looks like, this conversational, relational, ongoing kind of being in the presence of God. Because this is what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is asking the question, do you actually love me? And this is what love looks like. Do you have a, would you have a word for us around what it might look like to love God? Um, Did I stump you? No. Let God love you. That's it. You know, I, when I, when I start, decided that I was, I had been a printer for like 20 years, and then I was thinking, yeah, I, I don't have any kind of retirement or anything here. I better, I better switch to something that in my old age I can do, you know, that, that, and so I said, I should become a teacher because my dad was a teacher, and I, and I like that idea. And so, and so I'm in my 40s, and I'm going to go back to get a teaching credential. And so I used to tell myself, focus and follow through, focus and follow through. And then after that, it was... Uh, Follow up. Let God love you. You know, let let God be true. And then now it's it, it's the final part of that is um, this is the mystery Christ in you, because that's what it is. It's like it's, you know, and that's what the focus is. I realized I'm I was focusing on this is this is my goal. I'm trying to I'm trying to get here. I'm trying to find a place where my life has this peace. You know, and then and then I realized um, I have to follow up. So I have to keep on. You know, having God remind me, you, know, you got this right or whatever. And then finally just made it clear to me that, yeah, it's, you know, that thing in Colossians about the mystery is that Christ is in us, you know. And so that's like, what the heck? You know, the Christ is the anointed one. So the person touched by God is inside me, which means I'm touched by God, which means so let love, God love you. It's like that's what he's saying. You know, I, I always loved you. I still love you. And I'm going to keep on loving you because yeah, I'm inside you. So what the heck? There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, I'm going to shift tack here. And this is going to uh, sort of close. This is where our sermon is going to close out. Um, and we're going to, so this is sort of the introduction to the next point of the sermon. But so where Jesus goes next is, so he says, do you love me? And there's this emphasis on love. And then he says, feed my sheep. He says, do something with that love and love others. And so I want to ask Lewis, there are a thousand stories I could ask Lewis to tell, but I'm going to ask one in specific about feeding my sheep, about actually caring for other humans. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with our friend Christopher. When did you meet Christopher? Uh, tell, when did you meet Christopher? And tell us a little bit about Christopher. I don't know. Maybe it was like 
four years or something, something ago. So he, he, I met him. He, he started helping Helen and I do some of the, the greeting. She does, she makes the coffee and stuff at the church. And Christopher would come and he would help out. And he had his son, Giovanni. And he's just the most lovable guy, Christopher. I'm so proud about being Giovanni's dad. And so I, we just hit it off. I, he just, I just loved the guy, how, you know, how he loved his kid. And, and so when Christopher was about to lose his home and move into his car, tell us a little bit about what it looked like. What did that stir up in you? And what were some of the things that you started to do? Um, it was weird because Christopher had had a heart attack. And so he, uh, and he's young, you know, he's, he's, he's probably in his forties, early forties. Um, and, uh, and so it's just, he's like the age of my son Pullman and he, it's, it terrified him that, oh my God, I could die. You know, I, maybe I, I shouldn't be working. So I shouldn't do such things. I, I might, I might cause it happen again or whatever. So he, so Christopher just sh he shut down on himself, and so he 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 felt like he couldn't work. So he wasn't making money. So he was so he was behind on his rent. So he was going to become homeless. Except Christopher had all these skills, and I could see I could see Christopher could get out of this. <laughs> he did certain things, but he couldn't hear it at all, you know. And so I I was trying to find ways to 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 share with him, you know, what he could do or whatever. But it was just like he just. He just had to do what he had to do, and so all I could do was just be his friend, and and so that's you know I I I tried to find out things about you know uh, to connect him with the um there, there's a, a homeless center here in, in Long Beach right, where you can go and, and get information and talk to people. I saw that he would talk to someone there; they would help him figure out what he needed to do so he could he could get out of this before it happened to him. But it just it didn't work, and so I just kept visiting him and. And we just we're just friends, and I just had to watch him go through what he's going through, and he became homeless. Yeah. And it was a hard journey, right? So you actually went to a number of shelters yourself, right? Yeah. I, well, I I went to the places that I wanted to send him. I went there, and then they were like there were all these roundtable discussions here in Long Beach where you could go and, and hear other people talking about homelessness. Because I so I wanted to find out what the pro you know what you know what things we could do to help out and i found but i found out there's all these people in different groups of people that have ideas that they can't get along they can't they they sit down and they talk about this is the way it should work this is the way it should work and so they don't get anything done at all and 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 i and i didn't say that mean it was like they, we, they were all we were all there talking but it was like everybody was doing their thing nobody was doing anything together you know um, so when's the last time you've seen Christopher? Um, the 3rd of July. Yeah. yeah. How did that happen? Um, Christopher called me and he, um, he's been homeless for a while and he, and he either lives in his car or he has, a, he has this job that he, he works with somebody that, uh, and there's an office building that he, he can have access to sometimes and stays there. But he's been, he just hasn't had any contact with folks and he just didn't want to spend the 4th of July alone so he called and said could I come over there and I and I was like um I said yeah but a part of me was like oh man Christopher and I we we had this outs because Christopher believes that COVID is a hoax and so and and, and that I'm a moron for believing that you know being a sucker for all that stuff and so I was like 
So I know Christopher has not gotten the vaccines and he's going to want to come with him. So I just said, yeah, you can come over, but have you got the, va the vaccine yet? He said, no. I said, so you can come over, but we're wearing masks, right? He said, yeah. So, so we came over and we, and we had a, we had a great time, but, but that spent was, the whole day together. Yeah, we did. And spent had, had meals and hung out yeah. and talked, caught up. Yeah. He, he was going to come on the 4th of July. And then I said, I don't want to do any cooking tomorrow. I, I'm going to I'm going to barbecue today. So I called Christopher and said, you can come over today if you want, because I'm going to barbecue. And, and so he said, yeah. And so he came over and I barbecued and we listened to all kinds of old jazz. And he was fascinated, with, you know, because I had this little turntable that I could take outside. And so he was like, wow, you know, he loves technology. <laughs> Couldn't believe it, that, 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 that there was a turntable that small and that, you know, and that I was still playing LPs and, and, and Lewis doesn't actually know that there are other forms of playing things. So, no, I, I know that, but I, I know I have all of them. I still have cassettes and, you know. Wow, you're afraid the cassettes? All right, I'm going to draw this to a close, but I, what, what I, I wanted Lewis to share this story because this is actually what the Bible is talking about. It's not like some big theology idea, philosophy, this, that, or the other. It's about Christopher. When Jesus says, feed my sheep, when, when Jesus says, do you love me? It's about conversations during the day. It's about phone calls and visiting shelters and July 3rd wearing a mask all day long and playing jazz LPs and barbecuing. That is what it means to actually be a Christian to actually love God and love people. This is what it means. And we just need to hear the stories, to, to see it with, with the face on. This, this is it. This is the journey. I'll turn it over to Brenda Rubio. Thanks, Wow, Lewis. Lewis is a tough act to follow. He's just a great guy. So if you've not had a chance to like have a conversation with Lewis and with Helen, uh, you need to sit and, and spend some, some time with those amazing people. Um, but this is it. Like Bill was saying, this is, this is feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. I was on Instagram this morning uh, and I came across this amazing quote. Uh, it was shared by Dante Stewart, who some of you may know is a public theologian. And, and he was just musing out loud uh, on Instagram about why churches can be such unloving places. And isn't that such a, an awful thing? And yet we all, many of us at least, have, have experienced that to be true, that sometimes it feels like churches can be some of the most unloving places. And so he's quoting uh, the great writer and activist James Baldwin. Salvation is not flight from the wrath of God, which in so many of those churches it's presented as. Salvation is not flight from the wrath of God. It's accepting and reciprocating the love of God. It's impossible to claim salvation and also believe that in this life, or in any life to come, one is better than another. Salvation is accepting 
and reciprocating the love of God. Do you love me? Do you know that I love you? Will you love others the way you have been so thoroughly, so abundantly loved? Our friend and elder Laura Vandernoot is going to pray for us. Good morning, everybody. Let's pray. God, thank you for this message today. Um, I was just sitting there, just um, thinking about what Lewis said, and we thank you for Lewis's wisdom. Um, let God love you. Um, and I just ask that every